welcome to the Phantom Night Wrestling Corner SummerSlam spe special event. That's how we're getting ready for this. Yes, we're doing a kind of a special uh, introductions. I am Cesario Level, and that is a good beer. <laughs> and this is Scott Action Jackson, and we're together to uh, talk about. Well, this is kind of a kickoff to SummerSlam. We're going to be watching the pay-per-view and give a review on it afterwards. So we're, we're recording now, and technically, let's go over the matches. Yep. And go over the matches slash give our, I guess, predictions, whatever. Yep. So the first one, I actually typed this down like days ago. The first match I have listed down is uh, Neville with uh, Stephen Amell versus Stardust and King Barrett. So, <laughs> you know, this, this hands down was one of the big matches that ended up even making us decide to start up the wrestling corner because they were hinting at it for a while. It ended up showing up on Facebook. There's lots of news articles and stuff about oh, yeah. it. Literally, like, all of Facebook was going nuts with it, like, oh man, a celebrity's getting in the ring, it's going to be a big thing. And then that's when we had to sit down and go over the list of celebrities getting into the ring with you guys and you know of course introductions of us and our past and you know going over the different uh, events that you know have and probably will be yeah more or less uh kind of kicked off a uh, wrestling corner even though we kind of had it in mind for a while sorry we we have the tv on and they're showing the time that kurt angle <laughs> Rode down to the ring and uh, sprayed Stone Cold with milk. Yeah, we got the WWE Network on right now, which right now they're doing uh, some swerve stuff. But yeah, the Stephen Amell, Neville versus King Barrett and Star but Stardust, Starbucks, whatever. <laughs> so how Cody you... Rhodes. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, so... When it comes down to it, I okay. Literally last week, you know, so the week before this was the first Raw I've watched in years. I mean years. We, we've been over this before where quite literally my experience with the WWE and TNA and all that quite literally stopped right as we got up to uh, uh, my buddy Britt going and doing some wrestling, my buddy's Craig wrestling, uh, well, my buddy's Craig and Josh and uh, a bunch of... Uh, Essentially, a bunch of my friends... This beer's getting to me already. Essentially, a bunch of my friends going and trying to get into the wrestling biz, myself included, but I ended up dropping out after the first couple weeks. But, you know, like I said, this is the first Raw I've watched in years. And I even posted it to Facebook, and a bunch of my friends that are still big into wrestling, my buddy Britt included, was like, be prepared to be bored. He was like, if you want entertainment, take a dollar. Find a couple crackheads, throw it down in between them, and watch them fight over it. And I was like, has it really gotten that bad? And he said, yes. And I watched it. And I slightly have to agree with him. But it, and even I gave a warning. It's like, your expectations should be low. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, as a big wrestling fan, like, there, there's just not much to this. Like, when it comes down to it, I'm not expecting this to be... If you're a fan of the old school trying to come back like I am, don't be too impressed. Like I'm I'm literally not looking not looking too ahead when it comes down to this. Like like I'm I'm really not trying to make myself think that 
this is going to be like the greatest pay-per-view ever but at the same no, time no. no we they say they try to save that for wrestlemania exactly <laughs> but this is one of the major four so yep but at the same time when it comes right down to it you know <laughs> that would suck sorry swerved uh intro came on but uh ooh. Ooh. anyway i gotta stop watching this because we have like a half hour before this shit gets started here i'll turn uh <laughs> turn to the menu there thank you um no when it comes down to it the pay-per-views have always been better than the actual shows now when it comes down to this if steven and mel and them actually jump into the ring and they turn it into like a uh uh, a tag team matchup or something like that. Which that would be different. Which is what this different. is supposed to be. Well, yeah, but by the sounds of it, it technically won't be. It's going to end up being like a, a two-on-one handicap match. Yeah. Where Stephen Amell, even though, yes, he is trained, being an action star, they actually train you how to, quote, fake fight. Which I'm not saying that's what they really do in WWE, but technically they do. Mm-hmm. It's essentially, it's a lot of staged fighting. So he's going to do fairly well. In fact, you know, re-watching some of the promos and stuff for, you know, watching him throw down, he was throwing some forearms fairly well, you know? Yeah, especially with the Rawls and stuff where he re- got in the ring and started beating the shit out of Stardust. Yep, exactly. I, and, I mean, I, I kind of agree to the point. I mean, I agree. It probably will be a handicap match most of the way through. And then at some point, Stephen Amell will probably get in the ring to get face to face with Stardust, but as far as the match itself, I, I I could see this happening in two ways. I could see Neville and Mr. Green Arrow going over with a win, or I could see like some shenanigans, cheap shit going on, and Stardust pinning Stephen Amell. Well, when it comes right down to it, more than likely here's the way it's going to play, and that's always been my problem. And I'm sorry for the sound of my keys. I had to put my bottle opener back on my uh, keychain. But um, when it comes down to it, it's going to go one of two ways. If the faces are going to win, Stephen Amell will get the pinfall over Stardust while Mr. King is getting detained outside of the ring or, you know, or at least, you know, gets hit rather well. If the heels are supposed to win, then Neville will be getting pinned, Stephen Amell will run in, and Stardust will literally, like, grab him and cheap shot his ass, so that way then they get the three count. Like like I said, at the end of the day, this is no more than a means for Arrow to actually be pushed more, because it essentially it comes down to something along these lines. One of the podcasts I listen to is Talking Tunes with Rob Polson. Now, most people know Rob Polson, you know, as a name from the movie Fight Club, but really, Rob Polson is one of the biggest voice actors, you know, when it comes right down to it. He was our Raphael for our 80s Ninja Turtles. The he's cl- Don- the, our classic. He's Donatello in the New Turtles. He was Wacko in, uh, or no, he was Yakko, Yakko excuse me. Yakko, he was Yakko, Yakko yeah, he was Yakko <laughs> Warner, the oldest of the Warner siblings. Um, he's done a whole bunch of stuff. Anybody who's grown up, grown up and watches stuff like I do, like uh, Boondocks, uh, you remember? You might remember the episode of uh, the the painter guy who was supposed to be that, you know, gonna paint a happy little bush over here in the corner. He was supposed to be that dude. <laughs> that was him. Bob Ross. <laughs> he, yes, he was. Uh, he was the voice of the mask in our mask cartoon. Whoa. Like he's done a whole bunch of different stuff like that. Well, 
his podcast, I've gone back and re-listened to some of the earlier stuff. Some of his earlier stuff didn't have too many hits. You know, he had maybe about what we had. You know, possibility of like a well, like, thousand to two thousand tops when it come down to the podcast. Oh, I was gonna say, have you even seen what's <coughs> on our podcast? Or do you even well, know? our stuff, no. But I, I mean, like Fandom Night. Oh, in Fandom general. Night, yeah. When it comes down to Fandom Night, the podcasts are viewed more than the YouTube stuff is. Now, again, when it comes down to it, he was only getting about what we do, roughly anywhere between a thousand to two thousand, as an average for most of his podcasts. Now, he's friends with Chris Hardwick who, as we all know, is Mr. Nerdist, runs Nerdist Industries, does the Nerdist podcast. Along with uh, Talking Dead. Along with Talking Dead. Uh, Try some other stuff. At Midnight. Believe me, I'm a fan of Chris Hardwick's uh, from the Nerdist stuff. But, um, no, uh, he had Rob Paulson on. Rob had mentioned Talking Tunes. And the second he mentioned Talking Tunes, he's now, like, up there in the top ranks of iTunes for podcasts. Hmm. That's all this is. This, this is essentially, it's a glory... It's plugging the Arrow show. Yeah, it's an over-glorified means to plug Arrow. But now, then don't get, get me wrong. He, he doesn't really need it, though. That's the thing. No, he doesn't. It's, it's, uh... It... I haven't seen any of it, but from what I, I've heard from, you know, the guys, it's a good show. You know, they're saying that it's pulling really well. Like, But they're, then again, they're... once the Flash series hit, it kind of gained a lot more than the Arrow did. Yeah. Because mostly people remember the original Flash TV series, which the remake series got some of the characters crossing over, but... <sighs> Sorry, I needed some more beer. <laughs> some good stuff. Good stuff. But, um, yeah, like I said, that's that's pretty much all I see this as being. is it, It's no more than an over-glorified means to try to push a show that doesn't need pushed. The only thing that I know about this show, hands down, that they need to fix is the fact that essentially from what I've heard from listening to Bill and Shane... Arrow is Batman. Yeah, Arrow's Batman. Don't, don't believe what, what you hear about Gotham. Gotham is not Batman. At least it's, not yet. Yeah, it's leading up to Batman, yeah. but it's not friggin' Batman. Arrow is Batman. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. But, uh, yeah, what, well, we got these, uh match written down as probably won't be the same order they'll be at the on the pay-per-view no if that literally is the first match <laughs> i will be sorely disappointed in wwe's ability to run pay-per-views yeah. okay the next match listed on here is the undertaker versus brock lesnar taker's gonna destroy him hands <sighs> I, hands down i feel like it'll be a normal back and forth battle but at the end of the day, Undertaker's going to win. I, I think what happened at WrestleMania after watching all of this, something happened, Taker got hurt, and Lesnar had to win. Under, well, Undertaker yeah, has... He, Undertaker did seriously get hurt at WrestleMania due yeah. to his match. Yeah. And then, so, for some stupid reason, ever since uh, WrestleMania, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, has been going on, it's like... The one in twenty one and one until uh-huh. this past WrestleMania where it was more or less, you know, the one in twenty two or twenty three, whatever. Yeah. But it's like they kept egging it on, egging it on. It's like at some point with the bullshit with the the Kane character being corporate Kane. Yeah. He Kane should have jumped right on Brock Lesnar because of that shit. Yeah, yeah, he should have. He should have, but he didn't no no, they had to stick with their corporate storyline. Which yep. was bullshit. Exactly. 
But like I said, when I come down to it, all I saw from the replays is it looked like Taker got hurt. Because Undertaker has seriously stated that the only re the only way anybody is honestly going to beat him at WrestleMania is the day he does retire. The day he retires for good is when somebody gets to beat him at WrestleMania and they will essentially get to take up the mantle as good enough to do this job until the day they die. Well, then again, at this past WrestleMania, Undertaker looked a lot better than he did with the WrestleMania 30 that he got beat on. Yeah. But uh, as far as this match right here... I could see The Undertaker winning, but then again, I could see Brock Lesnar getting a bullshit win because of the low blows that's been happening on the shows lately. Because every time Undertaker shows up, after the lights go out, guess what? Kicking the balls. Yeah. Oh, lights go out, back on, kicking the balls. <laughs> well, I think that's essentially they're trying to push Taker to be heel for this. Like, somehow they're trying to push Lesnar to be a face for some reason. They don't in this have matchup. to. They don't have to. I mean, a lot of people are behind Brock, but then again, a lot of people are still behind Undertaker oh. because of the bullshit that the characters have been more or less with a payment and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And be glad these are beer beer belches and not beer farts. Those will get uh, terrible later on as we're trying to review the end of this match. Yeah. <laughs> or the end of this show. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I could see... The Undertaker-Brock Lesnar match going either way. I could see Undertaker getting a clean win, and I could see Brock Lesnar either getting a clean win or a bullshit win. Yep. By DQ or something. But I can guarantee if they're really trying to push Lesnar to be as awesome as he is... They already they already had him pushed as awesome as he is, so I don't think they need to anymore. Well, I know, but like I said, the, this is my first Raw back, so from what I can tell... The only thing, because of course it was the homecoming weekend, oh, yeah. that they, they essentially they were already pushing him to be, you know, what, uh, what an awesome, the big man in this. What an awesome homecoming he had by getting kicked in the balls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he literally, they came out, he stood around, Heyman said a couple things, they stood around, oh, the, the light, lights went off. Lights went off first, and then went back on, nothing happened, it's like... Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, then he said, <laughs> and then it happened again. Looking like looking like he's about a half a tard. Yeah. And the only reason I say a half a tard is because if he was completely mentally handicapped, I would actually feel sorry for the guy. <laughs> and then the lights go out again, and they come back on, and Undertaker's in the ring. Yep. And kick to the balls. Yep. So. And uh, I want some candy now because I'm drunk. <laughs> Next match listing is a triple threat intercontinental championship match between Ryback, Big Show, and The Miz. I foresee Miz winning this, but only because he's going to end up cheating. Uh, yeah, I got a feeling that. If The Miz doesn't do it, I could see Big Show winning. Yeah. Because The Big Show hasn't held a title in a long, long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the last time he did was... Uh, Maybe tag title. I mean, anybody who's listening to this on podcasts or watching the YouTube version, go and post down in the comments if you know if Big Show had championship gold sooner than his previous tag team title run. But yeah, yeah. Do you think it'd just be the Miz? Because I, the, the Miz when, has been doing a lot of shit lately, so he might get it. Well, when it comes right down to it, Ryback, I don't know much about. Big Show and Miz, I know a lot about. Miz is another one of those guys who's good on the mic. That's that's the only thing he's done well. Oh yeah, don't remind me. That's all he can do. Well, in my when, view. It, 
when it comes right down to it, like I've said before, you know, after listening to them talk to, you know, Phil Brooks, or for those of you who know him better, CM Punk, there you go, but after listening to him at one of the Comic-Cons talking with the guys over at Nerdist, you know, he even stated, he goes, you know, when it comes right down to it, I, I've always had that skill. You know, even if I get my ass kicked, I would still run my mouth. He was like, you know, that's just something that you kind of learn. And I feel like Miz is the same way. When it comes right down to it, Miz is one of those guys where in real life, if something were to happen to him, he's going to end up talking a lot of shit. Now, that's not to say I don't think of him as like a bad person or to say that his gimmick is terrible or he's a bad wrestler or anything like that. His gimmick is hated. That's a thing. (laughs) But that's what kind of makes it a good gimmick. You know, if you're supposed to be a heel... And people hate your guts just for your gimmick, let alone for you. I'm gonna give that a little bit of a plus. See, see, when he was trying to be a face with the help of Ric Flair, mm-hmm. I still hated him. I don't, yeah. I don't give a shit if people were cheering. It's like I hate the Miz. I, I kind of hated him because of all the bullshit that he was doing. <laughs> eh, kind of don't blame me there. That's how a lot of the guys end up operating is by doing a bunch of stupid bullshit. But yeah. So the next match on this listing is Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper versus Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. You know what I think about this match? You're going to open a beer. That's what you think. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> Well, that fucking sucked. Let me try that shit again. <laughs> Good. There. That's a piss break match for me. I don't give a fuck. Now, normally, like, honestly, I really don't. Now, normally, piss break matches are usually the diva matches, but this... I mean... I, I like the fact of Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns teaming back up again because they were part of the Shield before Seth Rollins... Well, the whole storyline of fucking this up with Seth Rollins turning on them. Yeah. It was an awesome faction. And then you could also say the same thing about the Wyatts when you had Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, and the dude with the sheep mask. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know. Like I said, this is the first Raw match I've watched in a while, which is probably why I don't give a shit about this match. You keep saying Raw at SummerSlam. But... (laughs) (laughs) This is the first SummerSlam I've seen in a while. (laughs) But after the Raw I watched, yeah. since that was the first one I've watched in a while, I, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's a matter of, I was literally, like, talking with Scotty over fucking Facebook Messenger being like, that dude's a face, right? Yep. That dude's a heel, right? Yep. I know how this one's gonna go. <laughs> Wait, so Cena's a face, or Cena's a heel now? Or, oh, Triple H is this now? Or, oh, the Taker's this now? Or, you know, like, literally just kind of get myself caught up on face and heel when it comes down to it. Yeah. Uh, for me, this <coughs> tag match, I, I, I could see the faces going over because the, the heels could just keep egging them on, egging them on for a long while. But then again, if, if they want to split these guys up some more, they could do more shit. Yep. Uh, next up we have the Fatal Four, yeah, Fatal Four Way Tag Team Championship match: the Prime Time Players versus the Lucha Dragons versus the New Day Sucks versus <laughs> Los Matadors. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. So, 
Again, this is another match where I kind of don't really care. <laughs> and I'm sorry for talking with my mouth full, but this is good chocolate. But, excuse me. Like I said, it, it's one of those things where, coming back, yeah, I saw a few of the newer guys wrestle. And some of them did impress me. Like, even you were like, up, oh, Divas match, I'm taking a piss break. And I was like, meh, I'll check it out. Then again, for you, it was like, boobies. No. <laughs> Actually, the... Yeah, the no, if, if I want to look at boobs, I have the internet. Yeah, that too. And then I can actually look at them and not just imagine what they'd look like on, you know, unclothed. <laughs> That's what the internet's for. Literally, if you took the if you took porn, off, porn Yes, if you took porn off the internet, all you'd have would be like a couple dictionaries, some D&D factions and and kitty videos. Yeah, cat videos, yeah. <laughs> you have to be careful with kitty videos seeing as how uh, a popular spokesman just went to jail. Anyway, but uh, with this tag team fatal four-way, uh, the primetime players are the current tag team champions. And, I don't know, I mean, I, I'd like to see these Lucha Dragons win the championship, but I don't know if they would. I think they'd probably throw it on the New Day just to have people be more pissed off at them. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, this is one of those things where I don't know enough about them. Now, when it comes down to the dragons or uh, the uh, other luchador dudes... Um, Los it, Matadors. Yeah, their, yeah, the, the Los Matadors. Things. Yeah, yeah. Well, the bullfighters is essentially yeah. what it is. Any, any but. Uh, when it comes right down to it, it's one of those things where if they were to hold it, they definitely seem like they would be able to hold it rather well. Now, when it comes down to the gimmick squad, yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna call them, dude. Oh, the spirit squad, dude. Before I left, at least Kofi Kingston was doing well. I come back and now he's doing this shit. <laughs> Actually, the weird thing about the new day is that they kind of oh. try and pull the freebird rule, where they can oh. try to they they want to try and do where it could be either three members. Yeah, and they can actually switch during a match, which. Isn't being allowed. Exactly. <laughs> but with the Spirit Squad, they kind of could do any one of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. But like I said, it, it just becomes one of those things where Kofi Kingston is at least a good enough wrestler, because I did like him back in the days when I did watch, that him pulling this, like, I don't know, it almost feels like they're trying to move him down toward, like, the mid-ranks, like his yeah. contract's up and they're about to fire his ass type of thing. Yeah. Like he's literally two steps above job squad. I, I remember Kobe, Kofi Kingston had a great feud going on with Randy Orton. And then after that happened, he went back down to the, like, superstars main event area where he's, like, barely seen on competing and yep. stuff like that. Yep, exactly. So our next match listed is uh, it's listed as a triple threat elimination match, and I think it's if I remember this right, it's going to be three team of three teams of three. Uh, it's it's Team Bella versus Team B A D versus P C B. Oh yeah, the divas the, match. The, thing. the the divas with the the diva revolution that's going on. Yeah. Um. 
like I said, I've I've tried watching I tried watching a Raw before this, back when I was with my ex, and literally, of course, the first match they show off is like a Divas thing. So I was like, man, whatever, and just kind of tooled around for a bit. And then, it, literally, I think the next match was something where I was just like, I don't even care for this right now. I'm gonna go back to watching normal TV. <laughs> like. Most of the divas have not impressed me. The only one that has was that that one redheaded chick who's trying to play off like she's from Ireland and trying to play it like she's the chick from Brave as a steampunk. I know you know who I'm talking about. I, I know the chick. I can't remember her name. Yeah, I can't think of the name either. But like her, you were telling me about the blonde chick that she hangs out with. Oh, uh, Charlotte is the daughter of Ric Flair. Yeah, exactly. Who? That, that's what I mean, like... Because they even mentioned it. The the chick with the red hair apparently was over in Japan. Yeah, she... she I apparently... always give full respect to anybody who can go over to Japan, wrestle, and then still come back. I don't know if she started in, in like, the U.S. states or not, but she apparently did go to Japan and compete over there. At least that's what they're saying, and then she's uh -huh. now here, so... Yep, and going over to Japan is, like, ridiculous. It, it, like, it's not as bad as going down to Mexico and doing, like, AAA or anything like that, because yeah. do, doing, like, the Lucha stuff down in Mexico, that shit, you literally do have to have a respect for those guys. <laughs> like, those guys are all damn good. In fact, one of the guys that we were trained by, which I was talking with Scotty about this uh, when we stopped off to get uh, chips and beer and shit for this, um, I literally, like, I was trained by a dude who used to wrestle down in AAA in Mexico. He's like a sixth-generation, like, wrestler type of thing. Like, he's been doing it for years. So it's more or less been in the family. Oh, yeah, it's been in the family for years and years and years. Or at least the business has. Uh-huh. So it's one of those things where, like, going down there or going to Japan, where it's almost the exact same thing, it's literally, like, generations of people... And then you literally have to go in, and it's like filling out a job application if you go to Japan. Yeah. Like, you literally have to wrestle... You have to wrestle privately for the guys that own the company. Then you have to do, like, a couple, like, quote-unquote house shows as, like, job squad matches type of thing to see if Sports you even have... Shit. <laughs> yeah, to see if you even have potential in their rings. And then they'll put you in a show and see if you can get over. Uh, the, the next match listed is Kevin Owens versus Cesario. Or Sario, yeah. What'd I do? <laughs> Kevin Owens versus Sario. Or C Cesario. Yeah, Cesario. Whatever. <laughs> That's a, yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think about this matchup? <sighs> Again, this is another one of those that I really don't care. I mean, don't get me wrong, once we get into the match, I'll probably give this one a better rating than I have on some of the other stuff. Yeah, but this this is more or less a Cesario is an, was an NXT guy and then got moved over to the WWE. And now Kevin Owens was an NXT guy, more recently got put into the WWE because he had a little feud with John Cena for a while, and now he's just getting buried by the company because he lost his feud and I guess didn't do that well, but... <laughs> eh. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, though, it, it's one of those things where as soon as it comes down to it, I probably actually will give a rat's ass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Yeah, see, because now, you, now you've pulled them up. I and... haven't pulled up the image from the, the more or less, the, the little images that they have for the matches from the website. Yep. But yeah, Kevin Owens is a big guy who can do a lot of stuff in the ring, and Cesario, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's whatever, just... And the other guy. And the other guy. <laughs> and the other guy can do an awful lot of great, just straight wrestling. So the next match is winner-take-all U.S. title and world title match. John Cena versus Seth Rollins. So, how do you think this will turn out? Well, judging by Cena's skills on the mic on Raw, which I will cut him some slack because I literally woke up that Monday and saw that he was sitting on the Today Show being, like, a special guest correspondent. After getting his nose broken, like, what was it, maybe, like, three weeks ago or something Yeah, like that? exactly. So that's what I mean. The fact that he was in New York City at, if I remember correctly, that show starts at 6 o'clock in the morning. I think so, yeah. No, I, I like I said, I'm pretty sure. My stepmother watches that show religiously before she goes to work. I was going to say, it was either 6 or 7. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's literally Yes, I know. I will talk to you in a minute. Quit talking to me, damn it. Uh, I got a buddy of mine blowing up my phone. Uh but no, like I said, you know, he he was there, which means in order to do that, he has to be doing something in the studio. Stuff. Well, not only does he have to do PR, he has to be in the studio by 5. 5 o'clock in the morning is when he has to be there. And probably all kinds of makeup and stuff. He has to go through makeup he has to get his hair done. He has to make sure that wardrobe has him set up properly if he didn't just bring his own suit. He has to wear a pink tie that Scotty made fun of. <laughs> he wore, what was it, maybe a blue or black suit. Uh, it, was, it was a navy blue suit. A with white a, shirt yep. underneath and a pink tie. Which I'm not giving him shit for the pink tie, which you are, but, <laughs> you know. No, it's, it, a, it's a little ribbing about the pink tie, but. <laughs> yeah, but, like, literally he was there. For the entire cast, which means it starts at like six o'clock in the morning, and then ends at about I think those part nine. That was, the part he was in lasted until either nine or ten because that's when the the, the two women take over for their little brunch thing that they yeah do. their little brunch chat show gossip bullshit yeah I yeah. know, but yeah no so like I said that means he stays there until about nine or ten, because once they take over if there's any extra stuff that he has to do. He's there for it. If he got the suit from wardrobe, he has to take it off and get it all set up so that when they can put it either back into storage or, you know. And Raw, that's, that night, was taking place in another city and another state. Mm -hmm. And he had to be there for... Actually, he, he just had to be there for the very last thing at the end. So yep. he, he had enough time to change and get thrown over. Well, that's what I mean. Then, then he's got to go back to his hotel room, pack up his hotel, go to the airport... Wait, which since he's in New York, that's uh, LaGuardia, if I remember correctly, which is one of the busiest hubs in America. Well, one of, not the, but one of the busiest hubs in America. Wait for his plane, get on the plane, get over, get to, get to the hotel room, set up, get his gear ready to go. After his gear's ready to go, you know, get down to the show. Then after he gets down to the show, then he's either got to tool around and kill some time. Cut any promo stuff that needs to be done for SummerSlam if he hasn't done it yet. 
you know, get anything set up that needs to be. You know, I, I'll give him the fact that he had himself a busy day and couldn't talk. Worth a damn. Like, literally kept tripping over his words. If he's still a little screwed up from it, like he still has pain, he might have been on some painkillers, too. Which, you we, know... We, we've probably gone, gone over the painkiller stuff. So. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, you know, there there's multiple reasons for him fucking up, you know, on Monday Night Raw. But when it comes down to it, I see this going either way. It's either because Cena's been in the company long enough and he's shown he can go above and beyond. They're either going to let him win it take, all. Well, that's what I mean. They're either going to let him win it. And once he wins it, then he will essentially gain the the uh, uh, the recognition of surpassing so many people. Like the record of so many people holding the belt. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like... It would be... I think right now it's either 14 or 15 times, but if he wins it, it'd be either 15 or 16 times. So, Mm -hmm. how many many times has Ric Flair been the champion? I think Flair was 16. So, So if this is 15, he won't reach it. But if this is 16, then he will tie. And then they could possibly pass it off down the road, and then he can get it back and beat Flair's record. But then again... But, like I said, it all depends. They they could either, they could let Cena, because he's been in the company for so long, and done so much, they could let him attempt to surpass the record, or... They could just pull him bullshit and have Rollins. Yep, they could give it to Rollins, because Rollins seems to be the new golden child. Uh, don't remind me, that's the one thing the, the new corporate has been doing since they have Rollins break up the shield. It's like, Rollins is the future of the WWE. Yep. In which case, it set him up to win Money in the Bank and to eventually cash it in at WrestleMania in the originally single match that became a triple threat match. Yep. And that's something else we gotta take could take into consideration with this. Sheamus is the current Money in the Bank holder. Yep, which means then that Rollins could win. Sheamus could literally walk out, toss down the briefcase... And be like, cashing that bitch in. Finisher, my belt, deuces. He could do that with, with Rollins, or he could do that with Cena if he wins. Because yep. if that happens, only the world championship is on the line. Yep. So if Rollins wins the match, he gains the U.S. title. But if Sheamus comes out and cashes it in, he would lose the world championship. Mm-hmm. But then again, same thing with Cena. If Cena wins, he wins the world title, and Sheamus comes out, guess what? Yep. You just lost it. Congrats. Yep, exactly. But that's, so that's so if, they could literally unify Shane's... it. Yeah. They could literally unify it for one, like one, literally. One minute One or two. minute or two, if not one night, because then Monday night he could do this. Yeah, he could wait till Monday night when, like, the champion gets beat down <clears> by somebody <throat> or something like that. Yep. So, for me, I, I could see it going either way as well. I mean, I, I would like to see uh. Cena hold all the gold. Would like to, but I know they probably won't because they won't, They like pulling bullshit like that. Yep. <laughs> but speaking of Sheamus, his match is next against Randy Orton. Yep. So... Yep, which that kind of confused me because, of course, you know, Orton comes out, same music, same intro, same everything, and I was like... Is he heel or face this time around? And Sky was like, no, he's face. And I was like, really? 
And all of a sudden, Seamus' music hits, and I was like, he's heel now? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and Seamus was, uh, when we go back to, like, Stephen Amell, Stephen Amell and Seamus are both in the next Turtles movie. Yep. Stephen Amell is going to be playing... Which also might be another thing that they're also trying to push for now that I think about it. Yeah. That's probably another reason why Stephen Amell is here, is because he started hanging out with Seamus on the set... So that way then they can be Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, no, no. Seamus is Casey Jones. Or, yeah. So when they, they can be... And uh, Seamus is, um, um... The the one with the mohawk, which, if I remember correctly, is Rocksteady. No, Bebop. One of the two. <laughs> no, it is. It's Bebop. Because Bebop? Bebop's the pig and Rocksteady's the uh, rhino. rhino. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no! We're up like all these old people! But, but, sorry. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Depending on this match, this match also depends on what happens with Sheamus, what could happen with Sheamus and Money in the Bank. Yeah. Because if Sheamus somehow gets, like, hurt too badly, he could wait until, like, Monday Night Raw. Yep, exactly. And no offense to Orton, but Orton has been known for injuring people. And himself, too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> himself, people, he's been known for taking shits in people's purses in the back. Um, you never heard that story? I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, apparently somebody made him mad. and I think I don't know if it was one of the divas or what, but somebody made him mad, and I guess he was drunk one night and ended up dropping a deuce in their purse. Yeah, he got in trouble for a good little while. This was years ago. Might, might have been because of the multiple feuds with Triple H. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure it was around that time when uh, Evolution was either about to disband or had just disbanded, but yeah. But yeah, with this match, yeah, I could see it going either way. I mean, yeah, exactly. And neither way would surprise me. Yeah, I mean, either way, it, it really wouldn't. As long as Orton doesn't do, do another accidental botch move. Well, I don't know. the The fact that it looked like it was a botch on Raw might have actually been like expected. Like it might have actually been written down. Well, it, like it like was he also was shown on Botchamania as well. So was it? Yeah. Well, like I said, even so, it, it was good enough that it, it was either it was a botch and he recovered well, or it was supposed to be on purpose, but he kind of screwed up the on purpose portion of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he was supposed to do it, and they were supposed to shove him off, but as they shoved him off, his foot slipped, but he still had enough forward momentum to pop himself up and go for it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, and what we were talking about is this past fall, it was a uh, Seamus and... Kevin Owens against yep. Randy Orton and Cesario. Yep. And, yeah, Orton went for an RKO on Kevin Owens and either slipped or fully went through with the RKO. And it was like, oh, wait, wrong one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like he was trying to actually do it. And it was like, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to do it on him. At least Type not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least not yet. So, like, I don't know. Like I said, if it was a botch, he at least recovered from it well enough that it looked like it could have actually been planned out to be that way. So, who knows with that one. But, like I said, when it comes right down to it... This could go Yeah, this way. could go either way, and, and uh, I wouldn't be disappointed. And again, this match could determine if Sheamus tries to cash in tonight or not. Yep. So, the next, and I think last match, is Dolph Ziggler versus Rusev. Yeah, yeah, and I, I watched them uh, do this on that Monday Night Raw that I watched. 
which, by the way, for those of you who uh, aren't able to keep up with the times, it's August the 23rd, which is the day of SummerSlam. The ne- well, so yeah, afternoon, the m- early afternoon. Yeah, so the Monday Night Raw... Ooh, wait, it's four. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the Monday Night Raw that we're talking about would have been the Monday before that. So if we cut seven days off of this, Hold it would have been... the calendar here, so... 17th, yeah, be, I think? Yeah, 17th, yeah. Yeah. Would have been this past 17th of August. So, yeah, it would have been the Monday Night Raw from the 17th is the one that we keep making reference to for anybody who has yeah. the ability to go back and double-check it, like through the WWE Network that they fucking bragged about 37 fucking times. For $9.99. I don't give a fuck. I ain't got, if I can't even afford Netflix, <laughs> I'm not going to buy your damn wrestling thing. I'm sorry. I will just continue stealing television from my father while I'm living there. And I might consider paying you guys as soon as I'm able to get out on my own. That ain't anyway, the, the match. <laughs> the what? Oh, yeah, yeah right, right. The uh, thing we Dol- need to actually be talking Dol- about. Dolph Ziggler versus Rusev. But, yeah, I, I watched that shit. And quite literally, <sighs> I, think I, I already know something that's going to happen in this match. We all know something that's going to fucking happen in this match. I, I, I know something that could happen, but I hope doesn't. Because we, we've seen this numerous times, and that's... Okay, the face has the girl, and the girl probably ends up double-crossing him and going back to the a-hole. Like it was all a ploy? Eh, something like that, but... I mean, with the recent... Uh, I think it was on like either the U- WWE YouTube or the WWE website, there was like an interview conducted with uh, Rusev and his present woman, Summer Ray, I think. Yeah. Where Rusev might still have feelings for Lana. Or, that's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Lana's more or less really into Dolph. Not, not Londren. No. <laughs> not Londren, Dolph Ziggler. But, yeah, like, with this you could see, you, technically you could see both women cr- double-crossing them and just going on their own, too. Yeah, there's <laughs> that, but, uh... I gotta get the right key for this one. Carefully! Carefully! <laughs> That's that, I already... I foresee that happening, guaranteed. I, Something's we, gonna happen, oh, they're gonna start guys, a bitch fight guys, on the outside. Guys wanna see this happen during this match, because they've been... The past, the past Raw, mm-hmm. there was kind of a little start of a cat fight, but yep. it didn't really get into a, a full ECW cat fight. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but... And, yeah, with this match, I could see, I, I could see Dolph going over and just getting the girl. But then again, I could also see Rusev getting the girl, costing Dolph the match. Yeah. But in which case, if that happened, Rusev might have both women then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, with that, I could see either, either of those ways. But that or the girls get sick of them and decide to go uh, Thelma and Louise style and do their own thing and start trying to take over the world of the the, the uh, Divas division. But but Lana doesn't do that much active competing. Yeah. Which Summer Rain has, so... But, but yeah, that, that that's the list of the matches for SummerSlam and we're approaching... Yeah, we're past 43 minutes already. So. Yep, like I said, it's uh, about 4.15, so... Uh, Oh, their four o'clock start pregame crap we're probably missing. So uh... Uh, actually, no. It looks like it might still be on Swerve, but I think their pre their their kickoff show is either at 
four or five because SummerSlam itself is supposed to be four hours. Yet yeah. still on Swerve. But the pay-per-view itself is supposed to be four hours, which they normally do for, like, WrestleMania. Yeah. But, yeah, but, you know, Triple H and Stev out there going, yeah, this SummerSlam is going to be so awesome, we got four hours. But in which case, it's like, which one of these matches would be on the kickoff show, or would they just save it all for the pay-per-view? Uh, yeah, it's four exactly. hours. Because I, I think they could throw either one or two of these matches on mm. the kickoff. Well, they could always throw some job squad matches up, but at the same time, usually pay-per-views, they don't really do that so much for pregame. Usually they'll either replay the Raw and SmackDown from the week before and be like, here's all the lead-up you need to know they're, type of thing. They're going to have a lead-up shit anyway. So, mm-hmm. But because of this, uh, actually this, I guess, kickoff pre-SummerSlam being about, what, going almost into 45 minutes, we might... Just do two episodes. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, we, we, we could have the pre-one be the first part, and then have the second one covering the actual pay-per-view, which, the way that we were planning to do this, and I do mean that planning so far, Yeah. <laughs> is uh, reviewing, kind of reviewing each match first, kind of, and then do an overall review of the pay-per-view. Yep. Which we hope to do with like some few other pay-per-views in the future, like uh, maybe some older pay-per-views, like a... ECW's first pay-per-view, barely legal, or maybe uh, the first TNA E-C-Dub. one. E-C-Dub. E-C-Dub. <laughs> but so, eh, yeah. either way, we're sitting at wow, 45 minutes yeah. and uh, roughly 10 seconds. So uh, yeah, I mean, if if we don't split this into two episodes, we can at least put this as one episode on the podcast and do it, split it up on YouTube, which we. I would say we should probably split it up on the YouTube. If TNA ended up being yeah, T- TNA. any sort of an indication, which I'm not even going to lie, getting the TNA podcast, I have it sitting right here on my uh, application. <laughs> the the podcast itself was uh, over an hour and 40 minutes and I think okay, maybe TNA, 10 seconds. Okay, TNA podcast, 185 megabytes. That is one of the longest things we've done in years. I'm not yeah. going to lie. The last time we did something that long, was uh, Reploid the, Productions, yeah. or Fandom Night, would have been in Reploid Productions, and it would have been, we literally bought up two new microphones one night, and we did a mic check with them, because Bill always had the Omni mic that we were using, <laughs> but I went out of my way and I bought up two unidirectional mics for us, and literally it was me, Bill, Shane, and an old friend of ours, uh, uh, Kevin, we sat in Bill's place, back where back where uh, we used to record at. Uh, was it in Barnville? No, no, no. It was back when he was with his ex. Oh. Um, but we would sat in the room that we recorded in, which was quote unquote the office, and literally sat around and talked bullshit for two hours. <laughs> like no joke, we had no focus. We talked about them re-releasing Star Wars on Blu-ray. Oh um, God! Don't remind that's, me about that. That's how long Shit. ago this was. This this was literally pre. Well, actually, that that wasn't that far back though. I mean, well, this was pre Bill's daughter being born. Oh, never mind. Because they they did do. Oh wait, the original Blu-ray release. Cause, yes. Yeah. Never mind. Because they're 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 doing a re re-release, but it's probably gonna be the same type. But they're just putting them into like steel cases. Yeah. Well, th- no, this was uh they were supposed to do the Blu-ray with an upscale. But then on top of them doing a Blu-ray with an upscale, they were thinking about releasing them in theaters as 3D. 
at the time. What if you remember that? I, I, anyway, I, I, I remember. I remember the prequels being released 3D in the theaters, which I hate that I missed that. Yeah. Well, it, anyway, anyway <laughs> so we we talked that uh, Kevin and Shane got into an argument. Bill literally told them that they should kiss, and Shane goes. Why? Bill goes, because I'm pretty sure it'll make you feel a lot gayer. Yeah, kiss and make up. <laughs> yeah, Shane goes, but we're not gay. And Bill goes, oh. So we started laughing about that, started making a whole bunch of <laughs> so, gay jokes. So stop arguing like a married couple. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They, they quit arguing like a married couple. We started making a bunch of jokes about, you know, Shane being gay, because he hates that shit. And then all of a sudden it turned into, like, Kevin brought up some weird story about going to a camp where a dude milked his own boobies. And then we essentially labeled the episode Star Wars and Gay Shit, or Swags for short. And like I said, literally it was two hours of us bullshitting about nothing. If anyone finds us on the podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, no, we... go back and listen to the old stuff. It's amazing. But anyway, to, to wrap this up, uh, contact info? Fandomnight.com. If you haven't already been there, go there now. Get the podcast information if you don't have the uh, podcast information. There's an RSS feed. There's a link to an old blog spot. The old blog, blog spot holds the old episodes like Star Wars and Gay Shit. And it is still getting, and, uh, it's still getting the new stuff too. Though. Yes, it's also getting all the new stuff. All the, Everything that's updated to that goes through Greg, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Greg is our webmaster and occasionally shows up to uh, help host some stuff and, and be in some episodes and like review him, shit It's like him and Jeremy us. are usually the tech, tech people for yeah, us. Yeah, they're, so. they're usually our techies, but... um. Yeah, when it comes down to it, uh, the blog spot holds everything old, so all the Reploid production stuff, everything new, the Fandom Night stuff, the RSS feed will get you the podcast, so that one you can take us with you. Make sure that if you are taking us with you, you bring along headphones so your children can't hear me say uh, the <laughs> You're still going any, on this. <laughs> any portion of the Carlin Code, which we uh, have broken quite a bit of here today. Yeah, but... That's something that people should expect with Phantom Night, though. Yes, I know, but there are still people who yeah. are quite uppity about the... swear words. Oh God, fuck yourself. Oh my broke, God, they're broken. swearing. Ah, fucking grow up. Yep. Anyway, broke, just broke the Carlin code <laughs> twice right there. Thank you, Internet. But um, yes, make sure you wear <laughs> make sure you wear headphones if you're at work somewhere you don't want people and hell, hearing stuff. If this is at a library, yeah, you definitely need headphones yeah, on. Yeah, no joke. Or if you're sitting in court and listening to us while you're technically, on jury think, duty, go ahead. I, I think with the wrestling corner, the language is a lot more toned down compared to the other stuff, though. Because <laughs> I'm one person who holds back on some of the language. <laughs> you want me to fix that right now? No. Good. Welcome to Fan Night Wrestling Corner, home of Low Blow City. Wow. <laughs> we, we are back uh... with this... I guess second part of the SummerSlam special, and I'm Scott Action Jackson. And I still can't believe that intro. We really? <laughs> I'm so sorry, level dear. Uh, this is why I don't let you pick openers. <laughs> so we just finished watching SummerSlam, and yeah, what I brought up will come across with the very last match. But as we said in the first part, let's go through this match by match. Yep. First match was Randy Orton 
versus Sheamus, and she Sheamus won by pinfall after two bro kicks. Yep, I'm I'm actually amazed that they started this match off, but like I said, it, it's kind of weird because when we did our start of this, like the first half of this, which I mean, depending upon how we decide to do the podcast, if we throw this together all together as one, so literally all you guys got was maybe like a thirty second break at tops from us talking, but. When it came down to it, this was one of the last matches that we called, I think. And we literally, we were like, well, this could go either way and we wouldn't care. And it was actually a pretty decent match, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, one, one thing that we definitely also didn't expect, there was blood. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, Randy I, Orton got bust, either cut himself or got actually got no, busted I, open. No, I think he got hard weighed. I, I think literally when he took that boot, because it was above his eyebrow. Most guys, if they're if they're gigging, which you know, they usually don't go above the eyebrow. It's usually middle of the forehead. So, uh, excuse me. I'm pretty sure that literally he he got kicked your uh, kicked so hard in the friggin' forehead that his eyebrow busted open. see is there anything else that we can bring up about this match uh, not really because some of the others were so amazing that since this was yeah. the first match i don't even remember most of it yeah i remember the ending i remember uh, orton getting kicked really hard i remember the fact that he went to go for the tko and then got pushed away and then to, to finish it and, and the, the, the 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 bro kick the first bro kick was in the actual corner uh-huh and then the second one was a running one yep uh, and then second match is the Fatal Four Way Tag Team Championship match between the New Day, the Lucha Dragons, Los Matadors, and the Primetime Players, which the New Day won when Kofi Kingston got the pinfall. It was a little odd, just the the match itself, because these, as most these, tags these tag, go, these tag matches have been odd lately. Especially when they throw in, throw in three or four tag teams. Yeah, but, I mean, like, just the normal thing of, you know, it, it always breaks down into a giant cluster of, ugh. Yeah. But it, it was weird because I can't remember who it was. It, it was one of the Matadores was uh, the legal man. Kofi literally reached up and tagged him. Tagged his... Boot. Yeah, tag the dude's boot. When they were doing like a tower they were doing, spot. Yeah, they they were doing a giant tower. And then all of a sudden he like rushes in, boot kick, boot kick, boot kick, yeah, pin. It's like, wait, what? Just, huh? Because even we were confused. We were like, what just happened? They literally had to show I, I, it in replay. Yeah, I barely saw. I, I know I saw. I think I saw. It was a member of the new, the new day touched his. Boot. Uh huh. I guess it counted as a tag. Yeah. Which, like I said, it it always breaks down, and even I got confused. And usually I'm good about that, but at the same time, like the camera barely picks it up. Yeah, there. Which is the only bad thing about it. But a lot of these spots, the camera can barely catch up with her, or sometimes can get a wrong angle or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, one of the matches later on, I thought something happened that didn't end up happening. And I was like, okay, good, because that was a lot worse than what I had imagined happened there. But I, I literally, in mid-match, like, I'm watching some of it, and I was like, 
one of those lucha dragons looks familiar. And you actually went on the I actually went and looked, looked it up, up, and sure enough, it was like, oh, that's why. One of them was a, a local guy. Well, kind of local. I mean, well, he was born in Chicago. So that means he wrestled around that area. Yeah. He, he wrestled in point. one of the feds that does come around this area from time to time. And considering the fact that a lot of the guys, they do end up doing multiple shows, it is a possibility that he did come down this way once or twice. Yeah. But, I don't know, it, it's one of those things where it just, I don't know, like instantly somewhere in the middle of the match, like they were doing some crazy flying. Yeah, I, I a think lot of it dives was, and stuff like that. I think it was the fact that he did a no-handed handspring into, oh, yeah, the, into the ropes. Uh, normally, how we normally see Tajiri do the handspring. Uh-huh. This time, he it was Dude, no literally no-handed It must have been, been just the momentum of the... Uh-huh. Like, I was just like, dude, new favorites. <laughs> like, I hope they, they win all the everything from now on. So our third match is Dolph Ziggler versus Rusev, where it was a double countout. Uh-huh. Which, when we first saw this, it's like, did the ref just botch the finish? I think I think he did. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the it, the ref was literally in mid count, started counting a little bit faster. Ziggler tripped a little bit, trying to get in, like his foot got caught. Because I know some of the referees they use here are, have a habit of doing some botches refereeing, so... Well, at the same time, I think a lot of them... I don't know if it's a matter of they rotate them too often, or what it is. Like, they, some of the guys aren't exactly sure which ref is supposed to show up into the match type of thing. Which is... But... Literally, I, we are thinking that the ref botched it, because Ziggler slid in... Right as the ref was counting ten, but because he said ten instead of being like ten, oh wait, he made it in one. Instead, yeah. he just said ten. I'm done with this. I don't want to be out here anymore. And the match itself, more or less, ended with it opening up to a intergender mixed tag match. Which yeah. Is I don't know. I mean, lot, they, they, like, like I like I had said in the beginning. Can't fight! Can't fight! We had a bit of that, not not as much as. Well, yeah, not we, as much as there we, used to we be. We did at the end, after the match, but. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, literally the guys had to drag the girls away. Like, all right, we're done with this. Just like, let's. Here's, can, can we call it a day now? Yeah, it's like here's the ECW cat fight <laughs> match that part that we expected. <laughs> and and Lana actually came out with uh, a Dolph Ziggler type of tire. Mm-hmm. Yep. In fact, if I remember correctly, it, it even made mention of it. Like, she did it legit type of thing. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if come Raw tomorrow, it's, you know, pretty much going to be the same thing. Gear-wise for her, anyway. It would be interesting. So, the fourth match is the celebrity match. It's King Barrett and Stardust against Neville and Stephen L, where Neville won by pinfall using the red arrow on King Barrett, but we did see Stephen Amell get in the ring early on. Mm-hmm. Not, not L- to start literally. off, but... Yeah, it, he didn't start. Neville was just like, I got this, and he was just, all right, whatever, and hop back out. 
and he was just kind of hanging out, and all of a sudden, you know, Star- Stardust was like tagging. Yeah, him, yeah, I was him. about to say it was like boom, boom. I, I was tossed I was... to the corner. Here comes Dust, and then he's like literally like, no. The, the first thing that we saw Stephen Mel do was a kick. Mm-hmm. No, a straight, straight kick. Yeah, li- literally, it looked like he he decided he wanted to be in the movie 300, like it's... legit, like. I'm gonna remake this movie. Watch the Sparta, poof, and straight kicked him right in the stomach. Like, no joke. He flew from like the middle of the ring to about the corner from this. Like, I think that was one of the stiffest hits I saw all night. Well, probably aside from what <coughs> Rock probably did, but. Well, yes, yes, but I don't know. Do, it, do you think this? ended the feud or do you think it might still get, be going after it might still be going afterwards but maybe just barely like like if it comes down to it i don't see Stephen amell just dropping the acting career yeah, and jumping into not. a wwe ring for like the rest no. of his life no no you know because he's gonna be busy with his with his arrow show and, and of course i we i gotta bring it back up again with Jerry the King Lawler down at ringside. They brought up the Andy Kaufman. They brought up the Andy Kaufman thing, yes. Which is one of the first things I brought up as soon as all the Facebook started flipping out, being like, Oh, well they got this Twitter war going on, and now it's going to happen on Monday Night Raw. And I was like, yeah, Jerry the King Lawler Andy taking, on, taking on Andy Kaufman. And Scott was like, do what? I was like, really? Like... Well, right off the bat, I didn't know what you were talking about, and then it's like, oh, wait now. Yeah, yeah, then you're like, oh, I get it now. I was like, yeah, I probably should have thrown that information out just a little bit. But yeah, it actually was a fairly good match. Like, I'm I'm not going to lie. Hands down, I think it's one of the best times a celeb has gotten into the ring. Yeah. Like, ever. Actually competed. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, the, the only time that... I can think of one doing maybe better is maybe when Lawrence Taylor stepped in the ring against Bam Bam. True. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I was was about to say, I might give you that one. I mean, if anybody listening or watching this can think of a better one, go ahead and put it down in the comments or whatever. Yeah, comment, shoot us an email, do whatever. (laughs) Oh, hey, Monday night. Yeah. Uh, Next match... Is the Triple Threat Intercontinental Championship match between Big Show, The Miz, and Ryback. And <laughs> Ry- Ryback won by pinfall on The Miz <laughs> thanks to a little of a Miz shenanigans. Yep. <laughs> because at one point in this match, The Miz tried to pull some of his own BS. Like usual. It's like somebody gets a finish off, he comes in, pins. Oh, yeah. But instead, he, he was switching between... Pinning Big Show to Ryback to Big Show to Ryback. Uh-huh. And the... then Ryback was like, nope, I'm done with this. <laughs> like everyone was done with it. Uh-huh. I mean, this was a good match overall. I mean, it had some interesting spots. Mm-hmm. Especially trying to do a, like a double-team suplex to Big Show not that far from the start. Yep. <laughs> it's Even when we saw it, it's like... Um, too early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, once again, this was one of those shows where it, nine times out of ten, you could see everything coming up Fifth Avenue. Well, when you know but, business, so yeah, exactly. You 
when when you know when you know what's going on behind the curtain you can usually tell or if you've been watching for too long you you can usually tell but of course there was the one uh, spot in it where big show tried to try to Neville move yeah off the off the it, second or third turnbuckle I don't know. That was weird. It looked like he was trying like a Vader salt. At, at first, he was going for like a Vader bomb or Vader uh, corner move. Yeah. And then he turned around and uh, just did like a, a um, somersault. Ca- kind yeah. of a somersault, a uh, slanton bomb thing. Yeah. And that's the first time the Miz came into pull his <coughs> BS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I don't know. It was just. That portion of it was just all sorts of confusing. Yeah. I was like, "Why? Are, what are you trying to do? What's going on?" And it was a short no. match too. Yeah. It oh was yeah. A short it, match. It literally was. Like, I think I looked at you and I was like, "What was that? Five minutes tops?" I mean, I, I'm guessing maybe eight, nine at the max, but still, it was a short match. Okay. Right. Then the sixth match was. Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper versus Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns and Reigns won by pinning Bray Wyatt. And once again, this was another one of those matches that I really didn't care about, but I don't know, I think midway through the match, just Yeah, I was about to say, and now it's just yeah, it's doing just a replay. We still have the network up and running after it's on, and it's just doing a replay of SummerSlam, which, actually, we got to bring this up. Jon Stewart hosted SmackDown, and they did a few... Hosted SmackDown? SmackDown. SummerSlam. <laughs> SummerSlam. And you were all like, no, this isn't going to be a good thing, and literally, at the very it ended start... Up, it ended up not being a good thing. Well, it ended up not being a good but thing. We'll, we'll get, get to that, that later. Yeah. But here at the very start, now inter- that we are it was, it was doing funny, it... It was interesting. But Mick Foley. Enough said. But throughout SummerSlam, there was some vignettes filmed with Jon Stewart and some other superstars. So. Oh, dude, like, the first thing they did was in pre-show. Stewart goes up to Cena, has him sign something for his kid, and then makes a joke how now that he's, you know, not working anymore, that needs to go on eBay so they can make some money. Then the next thing they do is he comes down to the ring. He brings out Mick Foley and states that he needed Mick Foley to, as a, an enforcer so he could interview Brock Lesnar. But Mick didn't hear Yeah, Brock. Mick Foley's trying to go along with the joke saying that he didn't hear Brock. He thought it was for The Rock. Because he was listening to it out of his bad ear. Yeah. Or no ear. Yeah, exactly. So they're just trying to cut jokes and trying to cut jokes and trying to cut jokes. And finally, near the end of it, Foley's just like, I'm too scared of Brock Lesnar. Have a good day. And then that was that. Cut, you know, cut to open and then first match. Yeah. But then later on, he cut something where uh, he has... I think it's... Oh, he's hanging out with... Yeah, he's hanging out with Stephen Amell and Neville... And goes, yeah, me and Undertaker are really good friends. And literally the lights go out, and Taker walks by. And everybody's just kind of sitting there like, shh, don't say anything. Just let him go. Let him go by. Shut up. Let him go by. And then John Stewart's like, yeah, can, can you sign my yeah, shirt? Yeah, can you guys kid? just uh, sign my kid's shirt? Just, 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 just don't give a name. Just sign it. <laughs> Making that joke again. Yeah. Then later on, he cuts a spot where he goes up to Lesnar's quote-unquote dressing room, oh, yeah, and he gets knocks on the door, Heyman comes out, he, uh, quote, pays Heyman a compliment, 
and then starts riding his ass about how nobody's going to care about the fact that Lesnar actually uh, broke, the broke the streak and how he showed, you know, the only reason that Stewart was there is because he's a wrestling fan and that he was there to pretty much tell him that as a wrestling fan, all they did was spit in the face of every wrestling fan by not only breaking the streak, but at the same time by going out of their way to beat it in, over everybody's head that they broke the streak. Yeah. And then, uh... <coughs> Sorry, needed to drink there. Um... <coughs> What was the last thing he did? Oh, I remember the last thing he did. That that goes into one of the other yeah. matches. But anyway, okay, the tag so. team match. Bray Wyatt versus Luke Harper. Uh, Harper. Yeah. Uh, that match. That match was a little weird. Like, instantly we thought, oh, there goes the Spanish announce table, which, by the way, they had the American table, the French table, and the Spanish table. And near the start of it, Dean Ambrose decided to run from the Spanish table, across the French table, over the American table, and into uh, uh, the, uh, one, uh, one the, the crowd. Guys. Yeah, but one But guys. I can't think of which guy he hit, but he ran out into the crowd and did like a, a, a senton bomb to his head. <laughs> so he ran across like three. <laughs> yeah, we, we made the joke that he ran across three countries in five seconds. Well, less than five seconds, but, uh... uh this match was interesting, even though it wasn't as, you know, as boring as you thought it might have been, but... Yeah, I, I figured it was going to be a snooze fest, but at one point they had, uh, um... Oh, what's his face? Did, um... The big face guy. Oh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, they had him. They, uh, they had tossed him over the... Spa no, the, uh, French announce table... He was kind of downed over there. And then he's so literally making his way. Yeah, he's literally like army crawling his ass back to his corner. <laughs> <clears throat> because it literally takes him five minutes to get from the Spanish... Or, I'm going to keep doing that. To go from the French announce table. I'm used to it only being the Spanish the announce table. The French is in the middle now. <laughs> yeah, now French is in the middle. But it takes him like five minutes to crawl from there to the corner... And the entire time, Dean is in the ring, getting his ass handed to him. And at some and point... And he keeps looking up at the corner like, oh, he isn't there yet. Throw a couple wild, drunken haymakers, because I can't do anything right now other than get my ass whipped. And then at some point, the fans were chanting, uh, Reigns is sleeping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or Reigns is napping is sleeping. Yeah, Reigns is napping. Yeah. <laughs> And then after that, Reigns got onto the apron. <laughs> yeah, then he finally gets up there, and then all hell breaks loose, and they ended up prevailing. Yeah. Match number seven. The winner-take-all U.S. and world title match. John Cena versus Seth Rollins. Oh, my God, and dude. Th this match... Rollins, Rollins wins... Uh, it just... The, no. The, the no. match itself was going... was an awesome match until the, the ref end. takes a bump. Literally, they're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It was a great, excellent, classic match that the two <sighs> have until... It literally should have been the main event. After the main event we just saw, that match should have been the freaking main event. It probably wasn't because that ending that they did. Okay, uh, we had all kinds of different moves. Uh, Roman, uh, not Roman, Seth Rollins. <laughs> Seth Rollins was doing all kinds of moves that he probably did from the indie circuit... Mm -hmm. And from uh, his NXT times, along with the WWE times. Yep. 
Not to mention the fact that he tried to give uh, Cena the... It, I keep wanting to do it. You know what? I'm just going to do it because that's how I know it. He kept trying to... Like, at one point, he went to go to give Cena the... Tri the F.U., or as you guys know, the, the A.A. Because yeah, apparently they can't call it the F.U. or the S.T.F.U. Because now Cena's such goody-goody, you know, Hulkamania type of character for the kiddies. That they can't call it what it actually is, but whatever. <laughs> Although technically it's no more than an STF and a Death Valley driver, but that's a little beside the point. It actually got kind of funny too, because the fans were of course doing the usual, let's go Cena, Cena sucks. And literally the guys in the front row, uh, uh, camera side, or at least what the camera points at, are literally like, Let's go, Cena! And they're, like, doing their finger wave towards, like, the right. And then Cena sucks, and they're doing it to the to the left type of thing. Like, literally just, we don't care. Just everybody shut up and let's watch this match. And that's what you should do in this one. Just shut up and watch it. Because it literally is a classic brawl to see who is the best. And Cena was wearing black, and Seth Rollins was wearing white, looking more like a weird white ranger. Yeah. Except, yeah, he come his, out looking like boots, it was a boots. white battle armor type of thing. The boots look more like sand boots, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, this was an Which, awesome again, match. you know, is, is one of those things that most people don't take into consideration anymore when it comes down to entertainment. Generally speaking, the good guy wears white because it's angelic, and the bad guy wears black because it's demonic. But, technically speaking, the whole role reversal with colors is actually kind of a good mm -hmm. contrast that... Most people don't actually stop to think to make anymore. It does happen, though. I yeah, I, well, like I said, it does, but most people don't stop to think about it. I think the last time I can remember th seeing something like that was, like, the second Matrix movie. And I know I'm bringing up bad memories for nerds out there, but literally there there's the two dudes that can just phase into stuff. Like, the one dude phases into the yeah. car. He's wearing white, while everybody else is wearing, like, a black trench coat type of thing. So it, it's kind of one of those things where... Yeah, the role reversal actually kind of... Well, the color role reversal looks good, but... Just... Like I said, we're talking nothing compared to this match. This match, hands down, would, like takes the crown. If we have to pick a best match, my vote is for this. It, to me, it would have, except for the finish. I don't count the finish. I count the finish because it's part of the match. No, F the finish. The finish was bogus. Okay, since this is going to be posted after, probably way after SummerSlam, mm -hmm. the referee takes a bump. Uh, at some point, uh, Cena takes, okay. takes a... Cena, I'll, I'll do it. Cena goes to grab uh, Rollins up for the AA. As he moves, he takes out the ref with Rollins' feet. The ref falls, rolls out, Cena hits it, one, two, three. But there's no ref, so there's no three count. Cena gets up after a five count, looks outside, realizes the ref is out there, yells to the medic to check on the ref, and Jon Stewart runs down with the steel no, no, chair. No, 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 not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> okay. John Cena calls for the medic to check on the ref. Seth Rollins gets up and knees Cena in the nose. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I was so, checking my phone at that point. Yeah. Because somebody he, decided to text me for no reason, and I was like, Did you shut up? He, he takes another nose thing, in which case Cena's holding his nose and face. 
John Stewart comes down with a chair. Yep. Hints at hitting Seth Rollins. Then turns towards hit, Cena. Hit, hints at hitting Cena. Hints at Rollins again. Hints at Cena again. Hints at Rollins. And then John Cena's up with his hands over his face. And he takes the chair to the stomach. And then Stewart throws the chair into the corner. Then realizes that's not where it's supposed to go and tosses it back into the middle of the ring and takes off. And then so Rollins can hit the pedigree over top the, of the chair. Yeah. And that's what screws me. To me, that screws the match over because, that, once again, that's the second time. Because I think, if it wasn't last year, it was the year before, a world title match got screwed over. Mm-hmm. But, but I can already tell you that come Monday... Triple H is going to be, you know, sitting in the back being like, like Rollins is going to be all bragging, oh, well, this and oh, well, that. And Triple H is going to, you know, <laughs> and wrap his arm around him and, <laughs> and like shove his head into a wall or something and be like, you idiot, I told him to do it. I knew you were going to be down. Be glad that the ref got knocked out. Type of thing. And another thing to know about this match, after it was over, we were waiting waiting for Sheamus to show up. Yeah. Yep. Sheamus didn't show up. Oh, and another thing, uh, when Seth Rollins goes to throw the belt on, throw both belts on his shoulder, he gets the one on his shoulder, and then the other one, like, slips and falls off, and he almost drops, and he's like, oh, well, uh, nobody's seen that, right? This isn't being broadcasted all over the world, right? No, nobody saw me F this up. Botch putting a belt on my shoulder. Yeah, because that... I, I would not rate this as the match, the best match of the pay-per-view. Well, up until the ending. Yeah, it, it, it was been. amazing. It was. It would have been if it wasn't for that screwed up. And tip, even tip, with the it's, ending, it's though, typical. Man. It, this has become the typical WWE creative endings. Interference. I know, but it, like I, I still can't give that though because like the rest of the matches, man, like. What, there was only two matches that ended properly? Three, maybe? All the rest of them were either clusterfucks from hell, where the ref has no idea what's going on and just goes, you know what, I'm done with this match. One, two, three, done. Or, I'm done with this match. Ring the bell, ten count. I don't care. I'm going home. I have a beer to drink. I have to take a leak. I'm tired of being out in this arena. Like, the refs acted like they didn't want to be there. Or there was so much That's crap going on That's that it was confusing as crap. Like, literally, I think... What was it? The first match... And... The Stephen Amell match were, like, the only two that ended properly. And no. And no, I the, take that back. The tag match. The... The... the, the uh, Roman Reigns... Well, Roman, no. No, uh, that one one. The oh, I thought you were talking the uh, title tag match. No, no. Okay, the yeah, no. Normal tag match. That, that had the yeah, the, the one, the one with yeah, Dean and Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, that one ended right, and I guess the Divas match did. Yeah. Yeah, that those those were the only ones that ended properly. Whereas the rest of them were literally like there was so much going on that you had no idea what was going on, or the ref just kind of lost their mind. But yeah. even so negating points for the ending this still gets a damn good it was to me it was an awesome match until that shit happened anyway eighth match was the triple team elimination divas 
tag match between Team Bella, Team Bad, and Team PCB. And as soon as Team Bad got taken out, I called it. Yeah. I was literally like, well, Be so far... Becky Lynch pinned Brie Bella. Yep. But yeah. I was like, so far, most of the faces have been winning. They're, you know, seeing as how this was already stacked, heels, there were more heels than there were faces in this matchup. Faces are going to win, and sure enough... Yeah. Yep. Uh, who was it? Was it Becky got the yeah, pin? Becky got the yeah, pin Becky call. got the pin. Because Paige literally kept getting her ass whipped. And I'll give it to the Divas. The Divas actually went above and beyond for what a Divas match usually is. Literally, there, there's a giant cluster of Divas standing outside. Or no, there's a couple Divas standing outside. Oh, they were doing a... High flying over the ropes. Like, one of the girls even screwed up. I, I can't think of which think, one it I was. I think two might have. Besides from the one. I think a, I think it was Brie that kind of messed up hers, too. I think so. I don't know. All I know is it, it was that one... Uh, um, oh, what was it? It's the one mixed-looking girl. And I know that sounds terrible, but I can't think of names right now. It's it's late at night and I'm old and it's past my bedtime. But <laughs> yeah, this, literally this... the the one girl went to go do a high flying move and she barely got caught and it looked like she took most of it on the floor from her head. But she seemed to be okay enough to get up and continue wrestling just a little bit. So it was like, all right. Then literally all of a sudden all the divas are outside except for Paige and Paige jumps over and like hits everybody. Then next thing you know, she's in the middle of the ring getting her ass whooped almost the entire rest of the match. <laughs> it's like, ugh. Now we got match nine, Cesario, Cesario versus Kevin Owens, where Kevin Owens won by pinfall after his little pop-up powerbomb thing. I have one thing to say about this match, and it's pretty much all I have to say about this match. Kevin Owens needs to give Samoa Joe his gimmick back. That's all I got to say. This was one of those wrestling classic matches. Mm -hmm. They put on one hell of a wrestling clinic. Yeah, it, it literally was a clinic. I'll give them that, but I was so caught up checking Facebook, that's how bored I was with this, that I don't you missed, know... You missed a lot of the good parts in it because I of know, that. I know. I know I missed a whole bunch, but like I said... It, it, I think it was because I was still bored from the Divas match. Even though the Divas had to... I don't want to say they had a phenomenal match for the Divas, but at the same time it was still fairly good. But I was still bored enough with it that I quite literally was just like, ugh. So I was checking Facebook and scrolling around and found some funny videos and pictures and shared them and caught near the end of the match. And like I said, I, I will give Kevin Owens his due. For being a bigger guy... He can definitely keep up with some of the, you know, featherweight type of guys, like, when it comes down to moves. But you could clearly see him get winded near, like, the middle of the match when I started watching again. Like, he was literally, like, do a couple things and then kind of stand there and heavy breathe. Like, I just, you know, like, I was in the ring, ran five steps, and needed to stop and, you know, take a smoke break because I can't breathe. You know, like I said, I will give it to him. He had a whole, whole bunch of good high-flying moves. He showed off his athleticism. And this was another match that had... But against Cesario... This is another match that did also have a normal, clean finish. I mean, 
Yeah, it's true. Like I said, this is one of those I didn't care, so I wasn't really paying attention. Now, like I said, I'll give it to him. He had the athleticism, he had the skill, he had the ability. You know, Kevin Owens did slightly deserve to win this one, but at the same time, Cesario, anytime I would look up, it was because I'd hear Kevin Owens, you know, do hit some big move, and I'd kind of look up to be like, show a replay so I can see what I just missed and kick myself. And then all of a sudden, Cesario would just be like, I'm done with this, no, the burst of adrenaline, whoop ass. And I was like, well, at least I got to see that cool bit. Barry face and phone again. So I, I hands down, am not giving this its due diligence. I would listen to Scotty for this portion of it, and I would watch this match again. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably have highlights of it on YouTube and stuff. So oh, yeah. I mean, if anything, anyone who's got the network can probably just watch the whole thing. And, yeah. You know, fast forward to it or something. But, yeah, this was one of those classic wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. And I do mean that wrestling. Yeah, which I think is the other reason why it is I wasn't really paying attention. Yes, I do enjoy a good clinic every now and again. Yes, I do enjoy a good old school, old style, old fashioned, however you want to refer to it. Excuse me, classic matchup. But I, like I said, it's got to be the right people, and it's got to be people that I actually care enough about. And like I said, with this literally being the second show I've watched in like eight years. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go on to the last, the main event. Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. And the official decision that was made was Undertaker won by actually Brock passing out. But it was labeled submission. It, that the, was a weird the, match. The decision itself was a bit questionable because... Okay. The, re- the referee did not see... Let's let's start this from the beginning. Okay. Lesnar comes out. He's standing in the ring. Taker takes his usual hour and a half to walk out to the ring. <laughs> the fog is so thick, the cameraman gets lost. The usual. Undertaker gets in the ring, and Brock starts the match by punching the hell out of him. Literally, Undertaker steps a foot into the ring. Lesnar bull rushes him and just starts throwing fists. And I think I've seen this happen with Undertaker and Brock before in the past and one other pay-per-view that, that, that they might have did. So. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that all hell starts breaking loose. Taker finally gains the upper hand, throws yeah. Lesnar out the ring, tosses his coat off to the side. The ref. the ref tried to catch, <laughs> barely missed it. It kind of spun around his head. Oh, speaking of... Uh, Barely missing it and everything. We got to go back to the Stephen Amell match because uh, uh, Neville was uh, screwing with his cape and tried to spin it around and got it wrapped around his face like he's a three-year-old t- trying to take off a sweater. He's just like, I can't see what's going on. <laughs> Which that was kind of funny, but <laughs> you'll see it if you go back. Go if if you go back through and watch stuff, it, so. but Taker finally takes his coat off, throws it. The ref tries to catch it, barely misses it. Picks it up just so he could throw it outside the ring anyway, which made no freaking sense. Lesnar finally gets in the ring, and then they do they ring the bell and the match yeah. starts. And so maybe, what maybe like five or six minutes between when they start brawling and the bell ringing? I'm gonna say three and a half to four. Okay. It, it was not that long. It did take him a couple minutes, but it really wasn't that long. Um, 
then it comes down to a matter of what is it? They started brawling. You get some. They did some more brawling. They did okay. some more. Uh, you get boom, boom, boom. They hit the core. Oh, that's what it was. Freaking Taker finally, you know, it starts up. Taker rolls the arm. He goes up. Lesnar's letting him walk across to do the old school. And then he. And then was like, nope, ain't F, doing that. F5. Yeah. F5 time. Yeah. I think they ended up. So, I can't remember how, but somehow they end up outside the ring. Lesnar starts ripping apart the French table. After he starts ripping apart the French table... Wait, wait, wait. This is a little further on, though. Brock gets busted open. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's Brock, right. He the, takes The a, first time, he kind of cuts himself. Yeah, the first time, he cuts himself. And he cuts himself across, it looks, like... It looks like his... Okay. His right... It looks like he, he actually lost some of the skin on it, though. Yeah, yeah. It looked like he cut himself across his right, and then it stops. So we're not sure if that was a hard way or what. But the second time... Then the second time he starts bleeding, you can tell cut, he cut himself. Because it's on the other side of his freaking forehead. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between forgetting which leg to sell and forgetting which side of your face you're supposed to cut. So the first match is the first time that the ma match had blood, and the last one is... <laughs> is the exact same thing. So you got blood at the start, you got blood at the end. Meh. But, uh... Hold on. Yeah, uh, the table, the French table gets... Yeah, then they the rip thing. apart the French table. Taker looks like he's gonna reverse an F5 and go for the frickin' last ride. Instead. Nope, instead. Oh, F5 over the table. Literally, Lesnar stands off to the side, F5s him through the French announce table, literally standing and, right and, next to it. And thankfully through, and not just yes, hopping yes, exactly. and the table still standing. But at the same time... Taker started looking like he was hurt because it looked like the table landed on his arm for a half a second. Well, he, he, I think he said either the arm or maybe under it, it the was, armpit. Okay, it, it's hold up your arm, grab your armpit. Now go up to like a little bit of your forearm. You feel all that fat, jiggly, pinchy fat on the bottom of your... Yeah, it looked like he caught that. That hurts. Ask me how I know. We'll probably come across that later. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> uh, the referee does starts a ten count. Yeah, the ref starts. And this in. time, the competitor gets in the ring on time. Yeah, Taker made it back into the ring on time. Now, meanwhile, as Taker's rolling into the ring, if you pay attention to the outside, one of the French announcers looks over to the Mexican announcers like, "What do I do here?" And the Mexican announcer just kind of shakes his head and laughs like, "Dude, we've done this so many times. Get used to it." <laughs> That's that's always been a staple of a pay-per-view. If if one of the foreign announced tables does not get broken, it's not a successful pay-per-view. Another spot that happens uh, close to this is uh, Undertaker does a tombstone. Mm -hmm. Brock kicks out, and then a little bit after that, Brock sits up laughing, and then yeah. Undertaker sits up, looks over, and starts laughing too. No, he doesn't start laughing. Lesnar does the dead man. He's laughing. Undertaker does the dead man. Looks at him. Sees him laughing. Goes... <laughs> literally looks like he's trying to make fun of a mentally handicapped person. And then they start having to... And then just punch out. flat out like halt, like reaches back and pulls something from Mississippi. And just cracks him across the face. And then they start having to punch out. Yeah, then they start throwing fists. Lesnar actually throws a legit fist somewhere near here. Yeah. And Undertaker was like, oh, oh hell no, and fights back. 
throws a like throws a fist of his own. Lesnar hits him again. All of a sudden, Undertaker realizes, oh wait, he's not thinking. He thinks he's back in UFC. Grabs him by the throat for the choke slam, and Lesnar all of a sudden stops and goes, like literally, you could see it on his face. He kind of looks around and goes, oh right, wrong ring. I can't remember if he takes the choke slam or not. No, I think no, he, he he did take a like. It's like take this choke slam, damn it! <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like he takes one the major choke slam, and then of course every two suplexes, Lesnar's got to be like suplex city bitch. And I was like, are you kidding me with this? Like really? And just about every suplex that Brock does, Paul Heyman's outside counting it off. Yeah, exactly. And it gets to a point where Brock has the Undertaker in this uh. Arm lock, uh, Kamara lock or whatever? The, yeah, okay. So, Taker has him in his... I can't think of what his submissions hold. What, Undertaker's or... Yeah. Undertaker's is a Hell's Gate. Yeah, he's got him in the Hell's Gate. Then, Taker reverses out of it. Or, no, Lesnar reverses out of it. Puts him in that Chimera thing. Yeah, in his arm Chimera bar. arm bar. Undertaker moves around, tries to... Look like he's trying to pin Brock. Yeah, okay, here's here's where the controversy kicks in. The camera's showing it from the normal angle of... The referee. Hang over the referee. like Well, no, hang over the, the side of the ring where they usually, like, yeah. view from. So if you're staring... If you're like looking, normal TV viewing. Yeah, the normal TV viewing. So, like, the Titantron is on the left side of the screen, and the announcers are on the right side of the screen. Taker looks like he's pulling him up to roll him up in a pin. The ref jumps over, goes, one, up, up, check the shoulder. And the bell rings. And the bell rings. We are all confused as hell, like, what is going on? The ref hops up. I didn't call for a bell. What are you ringing the bell for? Who rung the bell? I'm going to kill you if you rung the bell. I didn't call for the bell. And meanwhile, Paul Heyman's getting in the ring saying that he tapped. Yeah. He's saying that Taker tapped, and we're like, wait, what? No. Did, huh? is this a, at first, it's like, did we just see a screw job? Yeah, yeah, what what just happened? Did, did somebody, like, call for, like, what's going on? All of a sudden, Taker low blows, rolls him up. Roll, okay, Taker does the low blow, kind of rolls does his, him up a bit. Does his Hell's Gate. To do the Hell Gate. And Brock. The ref jumps back in. Brock gives the middle finger. Yeah, Brock flips him off. And Brock passes out. Uh-huh. And then the ref calls it then and there. Because he can't exactly drop an arm to check, because Taker has both of his arms, you know, held up. It's essentially, it's got to be a verbal uh, confirmation of, no, I don't tap. But the referee makes the decision that Undertaker wins by submission, yep. even though he just passed out. Yep. So, technically, it's kind of knockout. Yeah, technically, he wins by knockout, but, but regardless, I- Taker walks off. Heyman literally walks over, starts smacking the bell the with bell, the hammer. The bell. Lillian Garcia and the timekeepers, and they're like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Knock it off. This hurts our ears. Shut up. Uh. Excuse me. He grabs, like, snatches the mic from Lillian Garcia, walks up, and, like, stands on, like, the top step. He's like, no! He says, no, no. And the fans are chanting, yes, yes. Uh-huh. But and finally he goes, no. The bell, the bell keeper saw it. The fans saw it. No way. My tap out. Brock 
Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, and then they show the replay, and sure enough, the other angle shows. The other angle while shows Undertaker it. was trying to get him into a pin position. He tapped, and thus the timekeeper rung the bell to end the match. Either that, or the bellkeeper might have saw it and heard Paul say it or something. Yeah, Paul. Either Paulie said it, and the timekeeper rung the bell, thinking that it was the ref. Like, the ref indicated that it was a tap-out. But, I mean, even the commentary team didn't see it. Yeah. So how the heck would the bellkeeper see it? Exactly. If commentary didn't see it, and commentary was like, what's going on? And mind you, the bellkeeper sits to, essentially, if, if you're sitting... If you were actually sitting at the commentary tables, the bellkeeper sits to their left. Yeah. Now, mind you, Taker tapped out if, from where they were looking... They would have been staring at Undertaker's ass as he's being pulled, you know, rolled up in this. The commentators. If they didn't see the tap, how did the timekeeper see it? When he's literally tapping with his right hand that the frickin' announcers could have been able to see. The Spanish team could have seen it. The one dude on the French team could have seen it. The American side didn't see it. How does the frickin' timekeeper, who's sitting to the left of Lillian Garcia... Who's sitting to the left of the commentators? Like, so it wouldn't surprise me if Heyman saw it, yelled. When he yelled, because the ref was repositioning himself, he thought that the freaking the the uh. You uh, thought the first count the might have been a tap. Mhm. Exactly. <clears throat> so Heyman probably yelled. The ref moved. The timekeeper saw it, or it was all a part of the uh, the show. Literally, the timekeeper was supposed to call early, like he was supposed to be watching Heyman. Heyman will make the gesture of, hey, ring the bell. Ring the bell, that way then low blow, submission, Taker walks away. Everybody thinks Taker wins. They, you know, the van shows it on the Jumbotron, because of course the van with the editing bay inside of yeah. it would be the ones to control the Jumbotron. They show it off, and there you go. Taker technically pulls a screw job, but at the same time, it's against Brock Lesnar. Who cares? Which, again, is why I brought up the opening as Low Blow City. Uh-huh. Because Undertaker's been doing the low blows. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that's not exactly... The controversy isn't exactly a good way to end a SummerSlam. No. No, I mean, but, but the considering the winning. fact... Well, I was about to say, but considering the fact that they brought up Night of Champions is supposed to be the next thing coming up or something Night like that. Night of Champions doesn't sound right for the like that mixed, possible mixed tag match. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be the... When they... The pay-per-view itself, Night of Champions, is supposed to be a night when all championships are on the line. You're supposed uh-huh. to have like some of the best of the best defending and competing. That right there sounds more like WrestleMania than, yeah, exactly. than an odd pay-per-view. Exactly. Well, but then again, that's how a lot of the, a couple of these matches sounded more like WrestleMania. Like the title for title match technically should have been WrestleMania. And in fact, other than the very ending, it was very WrestleMania. Yeah. So for me, the, the, this the, the was way, actually a fairly decent one to the, the, jump back into. The match, the Undertaker uh, versus Brock Lesnar uh, match. The way the match went out, or it was going, that's the way WrestleMania, the, the WrestleMania 30 match should have been. Mm-hmm. 
instead of Undertaker getting actually hurt yeah. and ending it right there. Yeah, instead of them cutting it short, so to speak, but Lesnar, uh, well, we all know because Heyman won't shut up about it, which the commentators were actually pretty hilarious about that. At one point, it's literally, you could almost hear a pin drop other than the fans being like, get up, get up, type of thing. And the commentators are like, even Paul Heyman is quiet, uncharacteristically. It was like the, the commentary. Yeah. The commentary team was weird. I mean, even with Lawler. Yeah. Yeah, even with Jerry the King there, it got a little weird. But yeah. So I don't know. So it's... for you, what's the best match of the pay per view? Again, other than the ending, it's got to come down to champion versus champion, Cena and Rollins. Like, hands down to me, that was one of the best ones. Now, if I were to include the ending in that, it's not a very good match. But at the same time, I don't know. Like I said, it just it felt like it should have been a WrestleMania match other than the ending. And the ending's the only thing anybody's going to be talking about. And the ending's the only thing anybody's going to be bitching about. They're not going to think of the entire rest of it. You know what yeah, I mean? That's, like that's from that, that's one thing that I bring the up. The tag team matchup will be like a close second, like pre clusterfuck breakdown. For me, you know, due to all the screw-ups with the two major matches, and I do mean that screw-ups. Yeah. To me, the best match was the one with uh, Stephen Amell. Yeah. So that one I'm going to pick as the best match of the pay-per-view. Well, I, I was about to say, that that one was actually fairly good, only for the simple fact of, like I said, Stephen Amell getting into the ring. He actually showed off like he had been doing some training. Yeah, I mean, like they taught him how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like even in the pre-show he made mention, he goes, they were like, so uh, what's what's your uh, strategy for getting, uh, getting through this matchup? And he was like, oh, well, I've learned that the ropes hurt if you hit them, and I've learned that the turnbuckles aren't exactly soft, and I figured out that uh, hitting the uh, apron isn't exactly a uh, kind thing, so uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to avoid those. Yeah, especially if they use the one that has the uh-huh. event logo displayed on it. That ain't no joke. But it's one of those things where it's like, I know So how would you rate this pay-per-view? Let's try the typical Phantom Knight out of five. Considering the fact that this is the first pay-per-view I've seen in many, many years, I'm going to have to give this two scores, but go with my second score. The fact that it's been many, many years since I've actually seen this, like, watched wrestling, this was actually a fairly decent show, and I would have to give this one, like, a 4.5 since it is my first one back. However, based off the fact that this is supposed to be for people who have been watching the show for years and years and years and years and are current up to date and don't have literally one Raw under their belt in the last seven years, and then here's a pay-per-view. This gets a 2. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, but between the fact of the ref screwing up, botched endings, the fact that there was all kinds of hell breaking loose that didn't need to be breaking loose. I mean, don't get me wrong, in a tag match, it's bound to happen, but, you know, it's so much of it going on. The fact that 
the big match of the night. The big matches had screw-ups. So. Well, yeah, the big matches had screw-ups. But, I mean, the big match of the night being the whole Lesnar-Undertaker thing. And they ended the show on controversy from it. You know, the fact that there was so much wrong with this. Like, literally, half of this show was Botchamania. The other half of the show should have been on freaking Wrestlemania. Like, I don't know. Just the fact that there were so many screw-ups, the fact that there was just so much crap going on that you either couldn't make heads or tails of it, or if you could make heads or tails of it, you almost didn't even care what was going on. The fact that by the time, you know, you were actually getting good and into something, or at least when I was getting good and into something, something stupid happened. It, oh, man. It, no. Two. Two out of five. This was... No. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with a lot, of, especially the bolt. Lately, a lot of the pay-per-views, I mean, most this year and last year because of, you know, the whole Seth Rollins being heel and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like the WWE creative team likes screwing over... Epic matches. Yep. So, because of them screwing over, uh, there are matches that are epic and great matches overall until the endings. I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5. Okay. Well, then that means this gets a 2.25. Simple math. We're, we're not doing a combination. Ah! <laughs> this, this isn't the Sentai combination reviews. We're just going to stick, you know, your review, your score on it, my score on it. Why not? The Luchadors are Sentai. <laughs> now you're thinking about it. It's true. <laughs> they wear masks in bright, colorful costumes. It's Sentai. <laughs> okay, uh, contact info. <laughs> I almost choked on a pretzel there. Go to go to fandomnight.com. That'll get you pretty much everything. Our contact information, uh, the RSS feed for the podcast, so you can take us with you. Make sure you bring along headphones so I don't break the Carlin code like I did at the very end of the start of this. Uh, be glad Scotty cut me off. Um, go to the Facebook group page. There we talk all things fandom, from comic books to wrestling to TV, movies, television, to, yeah. random funny pictures we find, like uh, 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 Boomhauer from uh, King of the Hill going, dang old Hadouken, man, and throwing a Hadouken, like all kinds of stuff. Um, there's the YouTube link if you're listening, well, if you're watching this on YouTube, go and get the RSS feed so and you can get the podcast which will probably give you this entire thing not broken up into two to three episodes and the YouTube version might be broken up into two episodes just haven't decided yet if it is it will be two parts no I can guarantee it's going to be two parts because yeah. we're running at about an hour for this one and then the pre-game was essentially 45 minutes yeah, so. to an hour so yes this will be broken up into at least two if not four parts so anybody watching listening Give your comments over this uh, pay-per-view event. And actually, if you want us to actually continue doing reviews like this or in some way in shape like this, go and give us, let us know what you think about this kind of process. And then we'll try and do maybe some of the older ones, yep. which and we, we want to try and do at some point. And at least with the older ones, you won't have to worry about as much. Um, when it comes down to this one, we're kind of hoping, because we know it's Sunday already, it's literally, uh, let's see, if this has been about an hour, it's probably about, what, 11 o'clock? 
It's 10.43. Yeah, it's about 10.45 at night because they ended it about an hour ago. So, yeah, uh, no joke. Yeah. This will probably be up not this Monday because pff, there's no way we're going to get this edited together by then. But it'll up probably up be up next Monday because our schedule goes Monday's Wrestling, Tuesday Sentai. No, 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 no. Monday, or Monday's Wrestling Wednesday, Wednesday is Sentai, reviews. and then Friday is uh, yeah. Random Video Game Legacy Discussions. Yeah. But uh, also give your opinions on this pay-per-view, if you think it's total BS, your favorite spots, your bullshit spot, the bullshit spots that you think it had. If you haven't seen it, and our review has caused you to want to go out of your way to see it, go ahead. We know that Monday Night Raw will essentially, they'll go ahead and show off the highlights for you. Which is why I might as well go and post this and not have to worry about spoilers and stuff. Yep, exactly. But when it comes right down to it, even though you've seen the highlights from Raw, this one might actually get you to go back and, you know, rewatch yeah, it. Because you, some of these matches really are good. If you have the network or know somebody who has the network, check out the pay-per-view. And if you don't have the network, just... I would say F it, go ahead and order up the pay-per-view, but a uh, well, little or, bit more costly that way. That or maybe just wait for the DVD Blu-ray release for a month later. <laughs> and then come back and let us do uh, your uh, DVD extras commentary. <laughs> but So yeah, that, that was for, the contact info, blah, for, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. So for Fandom Night, uh, Wrestling Corner, SummerSlam, Spectacular, I have been Seth Sario Lovell. And I'm Scott Action Jackson, and that's the three count. One, two, three!